I am very excited and delighted to tell you that your chronic illness ally is once again enrolling. If you're new around here, your chronic illness ally is the supportive home, the program, the community and the coaching space for you to learn how to reframe the role that your chronic illness plays in your life. It guides you off of that conveyor belt of constantly trying to fix and heal your chronic illness and teaches you how to tap into the wisdom of your body that's being communicated via your chronic illness so that you can channel it, channel that wisdom, channel that intelligence into living the big, beautiful life you dream about. If you enjoy this podcast, you will certainly love your chronic illness ally. There is a link to it in the show notes, but let me tell you, the funnest way to learn more about it is to do my quiz. And once you've done that, pop your email in at the end to learn more. And then sit back as I help you explore your unique support style, which will help you make an informed choice about whether your chronic illness ally is a hell yes fit for you. Today, I'm chatting with Ruth Poundwhite an aligned business coach and mentor who has been claiming and redefining the word ambitious for herself over the years she's been running her business, making it work for her in a way that feels good. She helps fellow humans build businesses that are ambitious and intuitive and that allows them to honour their whole selves unapologetically. She's author of the book Quietly Ambitious and host of a podcast of the same name. There is so much to be talked about around being a person who lives with chronic illness and also being a person who is ambitious, who has big dreams and desires and who wants to live an incredible life, which arguably is all of us. I myself in the past have asked whether I had what it took to hold all of those things at once. Did I have the energy? Did I have the brain space? And I saw myself looking down the barrel of a life consumed by chronic illness I now know and believe that we can use our dreams and ambitions to help us out of the chronic illness struggle, and we can use our chronic illness to guide us in our dreams and ambitions. We also talked about over-identifying with labels and struggles versus allowing yourself to see them as gifts without bypassing. (laughs) We talked about not allowing the fear of judgment around the way you choose to live your life with chronic illness to stop you and the visibility and vulnerability that comes with claiming your ambitions and dreams and supporting yourself to really go there. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ruth can be found on Instagram 
and her website. I will leave the link in the show notes. She has some really, really great things, programs, freebies, challenges going on. And I really encourage you to check them out. It all starts with, you know, realizing that what we think is the truth is not the whole truth. So what we think it means to be someone with a chronic illness does not have to be what it means to be someone with a chronic illness. And you can totally use that label in an empowering way to support Mm -hmm. you. And you can expand what that might mean for your life and your ambitions and what you do and how you do it. Welcome to the Reframing Chronic Illness podcast with me, Alana Holloway. The place where you get to see your chronic illness in a different light, where you get to call on its wisdom and intelligence to help you feel how you want to feel, be how you want to be and live how you want to live where all of who you are is embraced and celebrated, chronic illness included. I am so happy that you're here. Ambition is something that you work, it's it's your kind of area of genius. And it's something that I've been really drawn to with you. Um, but I also know that it's something that the status quo of chronic illness doesn't really leave enough space for this idea that we have to that life is a struggle right and that everything is a struggle and don't get me wrong chronic illness obviously does come with struggle um or at least kind of when you're living under that you know status quo fix reject fight resist narrative but I believe that actually we can hold our chronic illness in the same embrace as ambition and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it Okay. So big question. And I think that this is something because my, let's say history with the word ambitious or ambition has not like the chronic illness thing didn't really come into it, but because my own experience with chronic illness is a more recent thing, but I think it totally relates to my experience with the word ambition, even before I, you know, realized about Mm. uh, the chronic illness struggle, as you put it. And I think for me, it was always like ambition looks a certain way and I do not fit that certain way. So I think this relates to chronic illness. I think it relates to, you know, mental health, neurodivergence, but potentially like gender, all of this stuff, right? I feel like it's it's the status quo full stop yeah. and what we think it means to be an ambitious person. And for me, so I never like related to like having, I don't know if like, can I just ask you a question? Mm-hmm. If, if people have like um, anxiety and mental health stuff, does that come under the umbrella of chronic illness? So depression, and it, it, it depends if it is, um, I mean, there are two answers to this question, I think. So if you type into Google and you experience chronic anxiety or chronic depression, that does count as, you know, a chronic illness. However, I think, I do think there's like um, scope to take that how you will. Um, And that, I suppose, I don't want to go off too much of a tangent, but the word, the phrase chronic illness, like I, uh, my podcast is called reframing chronic illness because I've never really it's never sat with me and it still doesn't really I have to say um 
but it kind of doesn't mean anything at the same time if that yeah, makes sense ex- yeah so, it totally yeah. makes sense it totally makes yeah. sense and isn't it funny how I'm like does this count as a chronic illness right right because it's it's like well, this is my lived experience. My experience is as someone, and now I do identify as having a chronic illness, but back then I knew that I had mental health stuff and I mm-hmm. knew that it was like ongoing and chronic in, in so many ways. But I, I guess all I knew was whatever labels and stuff I would use to describe it, all I knew was being ambitious, having these goals is not for me. And like, I didn't even recognize myself as having these goals, I guess, but it's it's a really complicated thing to describe, but like basically knowing that you're driven to something and knowing that you want to make something happen and knowing you want more and knowing you want to have some meaning in the life, but not even seeing that in yourself and just assuming that you're not the person to make stuff happen. You're not that kind of person. You're not that kind of person who's capable of that or you're not that kind of person who should be thinking about that. I think that's a big one. Um, so I feel like my experience of of that as someone with the kind of mental health stuff and someone who was like really shy and introverted and all of that it all is I I think can be really similar to the experience like obviously everyone has a unique experience but I I think it can be it can lead to similar feelings of being excluded from what it means to be ambitious or being excluded from having big dreams and wanting to make big things happen yeah what I really loved about what you said just then was that it's the feeling and this is something that I'm kind of like understanding more and more it's like I think you said something like you didn't even know if you had goals you weren't even sure but it was the feeling that you really identified with that kind of buzz I suppose that pull of energy towards something and that I think that is the key thing right and it's this idea that yeah ambition looks a certain way in the mainstream and how because it's a it's a double-edged thing isn't it it's like chronic illness and anxiety and depression and shyness and all of that um doesn't fit in with the general understanding of ambition but then on the on the flip side that general understanding of ambition really like jars in that life of of perhaps wanting to or needing to be slower more gentle um more yeah. mm-hmm. you know intentional and compassionate and all of these like gorgeous things that we can really celebrate about a life with chronic illness or anxiety or depression or whatever um and and so I'd love to know how did you start kind of claiming ambition for your own or maybe claiming is even a bit of a strong word I don't know but how did you start to reshape it into something that really like worked for you I mean, I definitely claim it now, definitely claim it now. Um, But I think at first it was more like a gradual unveiling, Mm -hmm. (laughs) gradual unveiling of it to me that came about through, I guess, dissatisfaction, you know, just like not feeling fulfilled. And I mean, I talk about it in a work context and a business context, but it's, it's all kind it's all areas of life really. Yeah. It's just knowing that, there's something inside that's not matching what I'm doing outside or there's something inside that's not even matching another part of me inside, you know, that I'm not even seeing this part of me. Um, so it took a long, long time. And for me, the vehicle of having my own business and being self-employed was very helpful because I fell into my first business by accident. I didn't really plan it. I, and I kind of just did it. It was in the recession, like in 2008. And 
it was great because I was earning money, but I didn't really stop to question like, do I actually want this? Is this what I want? I mean, it, they, even those questions are like so audacious. Like, well, you might be thinking <laughs> that there's a recession. I can't get a regular job. I should be grateful that I'm just earning money full stop. Um, and I was grateful I could do it in my way kind of from home, but I wasn't asking myself those deeper questions. Like, what do I really want to do? And I'm sure that people in um, more traditional ways of working will relate to this kind of thing as well just like having these moments where you question like have I just done this on autopilot like what what do I actually want here have I ever stopped Mm. to consider that um so yeah it was just a gradual feeling of dissatisfaction unfulfillment building up building up and building up and I think um through the vehicle of running my own business I got to start asking myself questions like is the way it's always been done the way I want to do things? Actually, more like I'm trying to do things the way things are always have always been done and I'm butting up against a brick wall, whether that's I literally cannot force myself to do it, I'm exhausted, I'm burnt out, whatever it is. I started to notice more and more of these things and at first I like internalized that, made it mean something bad about myself. Um, and it really was when I got some sort of external validation of earning money and I and I don't... I hate that this was how it worked for me, but it was. And you absolutely don't need that external validation. But it, but it, but it made me realize, oh, I'm earning the money, and I'm making things happen. And I'm not, I'm not like all the other people. I'm not mm. like some of the other people who I, who I want to learn from and do my business like. And, and maybe I can do things a bit differently. Maybe it will work. And then those questions start to build. And it, it was a really long process of like self exploration, self awakening, and a lot of junk in the way a lot of like beliefs I had about myself had very like low self-confidence there was a lot of work to be done so it's all tangled up in my mind like it's not a clear-cut thing it's all tangled up yeah and then eventually just in a journaling session I was just exploring like what's important to me what do I value in my life and this word ambition came out and I was like so surprised like oh my goodness (laughs) how could I relate to that word but you know sometimes you know your body just knows like (laughs) you get a zing or a tingle and your body is like yes that's it so my mind might question it but my body knew um but I modified it slightly and I called it quietly ambitious and that really helped me to own it because instantly I was saying to myself ambition doesn't need to look like the way I thought it needs to look like because what what you were saying before about like so many wonderful ways of like going slowly and giving ourselves what we need and all that. Like, why can't that come along with being an ambitious person? Like, why can't Mm. that be part of my ambition? Like I want to live an incredible life. I want to do incredible things in my business and my life and with my family. And I want to do it in a way that totally honors who I am. That totally honors my body and my mind and my values and just what feels good. So all of those things can be true all at once. I love that. And that brings me on to like wondering, is ambition, you think, something that actually everybody has and perhaps people don't identify with it because they struggle to identify with this idea of, you know, that general understanding of what ambition is? Or do you think it's something that some people have and some people don't? I think that, I think that everyone has it in a, on a, on a fundamental level, everyone has their own version of ambition. Everyone mm-hmm. has their own desires in their heart. And for some people, those desires are stuff that that 
they already get from whatever it is that they're doing. Like you just live a really simple life and it fills you up. I think that that's the key, like what fulfills us. And I think that actually that is kind of, and I've never really thought of it like this, but kind of goes hand in hand with ambitious for me. That's kind of Mm. what it means to me. Um, I think that some of us want to do more stretchy things. Some of us want to do potentially bigger things. Some of us, I, I think the, the, yeah, basically I think it applies to everyone, but I think it looks so differently yeah. that what we thought might count as ambitious might not apply to certain people. Like I totally know that some people, some people just want to do everything to the max and some people want to have like the most simple life, but both can be ambitious, I think, in their own way. Yeah, it's all about what we really want in our heart and we all have that sense. We're not all tuned into it. We don't all listen to it. We don't all feel we can. We don't feel good about it, but we all have that sense, I believe, inside of us. I don't even know what to call it, but like kind of this like bodily knowing, this heart, soul, purpose, whatever it is. And I guess everyone has a different word, but that thing I think we all have. Yeah, I believe that too. And I think it is that it comes down to like whether we are tuned into it or not. And and then I think about kind of how um the chronic illness struggle can really get in the way of that, like mm, of tune mm-hmm. of tuning into that and um, you know, thinking about things like the very expected things such as like fatigue and um just having your brain filled with your health all the time. But also something that you've mentioned is this idea of worthiness and living kind of this chronic illness struggle can really, or does really um, impact your Mm self-worth and, Mm -hmm. and your self-esteem. And it's this idea of, you know, who am I? Well, I think there's actually one thing that, you know, if I can't even get my health under control, how, you know, how am I ever meant to do any of the things that I want to in life? And that, again, might look like the big stretchy things or it might look like the, you know, almost minimalist things that, because, I mean, that's certainly one of my ambitions in life is to live like, you know, is to work more towards a really, really like simple, um, a simple way of living. And, and yeah, but who am I to want this? Yeah. Uh, um, Or have this if I can't even you know, and these are like massive quote unquote, but can't even get my health under control. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like how do we, where do we start with that? So I firstly want to say, I feel like because my chronic illness, how long has it been? Like two and a half years that I've been experiencing this chronic fatigue and had such a great foundation of unlearning so many things about Mm -hmm. what I thought about myself before this happened that I'm so grateful that I had that before this experience, because I can totally understand how it might lead to those kind of thoughts. And and I actually do still get those kind of thoughts in my mind sometimes that kind of, yeah, that thought like, if I can't even get, do this, how am I supposed to do that? But also if I can't even do this, like, should I even be doing that? Like, shouldn't I be focusing all my time mm-hmm. on my health? And I think anyone who has any chronic illness will relate to the, the feeling when people give you advice about it, like, oh, could you try this? You try that. And it's just yeah. overwhelming because, I mean, obviously everyone's at a different stage with it, but there's always so many varied, there's so many things that make up our body and how we're feeling and, phys- and the f- 
physical manifestations of emotional stuff and all of this stuff it's exhausting and then sometimes you know I catch myself like sharing stuff online about like things I'm doing in my life and I feel like people will judge me because I should be well maybe I shouldn't be doing this thing because it's too much exertion for someone with fatigue and they'll judge me for that or they won't believe that I have fatigue because if I did I wouldn't be able to exert myself in this way um yeah, so many, so many judgments. So I get it. Even though I have like such a foundation of self-confidence that I built up, I totally get this. I can't remember what the original question actually was now. <laughs> it was around that idea of self-worth, but you've just brought up something like yeah. so interesting. So, um, I mean, carry on talking about that. And then I think we'll definitely come back to that idea of like judgment is, yeah. is really important to talk about. So, yeah. So the idea that someone with a chronic illness is not worthy of following mm. their dreams because they need to prove themselves somehow by figuring out their illness right. or focusing all their energy on their illness. I mean, for me, like, it's so much more complicated than that. It's not like I'll get well. And for, and I know you have a lot of thoughts about like the whole goal just <laughs> to get well anyway. Yeah. And then I'll do this. It doesn't really work like that because everything that affects us as a human being in a human body is really linked. And for me, like my wellness comes from following things that light me up. Mm-hmm. I mean, even talking about physical stuff, I was sharing on my Instagram stories not that long ago that I'm done with judging myself about sharing when I go for runs because someone with chronic fatigue, my relationship with running is obviously complicated Yeah, and I get post-exertional malaise or whatever it's called. And I never, I can't predict when it's going to happen. And sometimes it doesn't happen for ages and sometimes I can run for weeks and I'm in that period now and I'm so grateful for it. And where was I going with this? It's just the judgment. Oh yeah. And doing the thing. Yeah. So I, I I have this internal judgment based on Im- imagined external judgment of like, oh, she doesn't really have fatigue then, or she doesn't have it bad enough, or she's doing things that are making her fatigue worse, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Which obviously, yeah, running can make my fatigue worse. But you know what? Running is just so important to me. And when I say running, at the moment, it's very slow and it's very interspersed with walking. Um but running in any capacity is very important to me. See, even I was editing myself there by saying that. Yeah, yeah. But I don't need to do that. So it's still there a bit. Um, but what I'm what I'm trying to say is it's not as simple as don't run, then I'll avoid the post-exertional malaise. It's so much more complex than that. Like my whole life is so much more complex than that. Running is important to me. Yeah. And trying to do it when I can matters to me. And that supports me mentally. It supports my well-being. It's it's so much more complex. The same with following what it is that matters to us in in life and ambition. And just like with my running, there are times when I push it too hard, and there are times when I have to take a break. Sometimes a really short break. Sometimes really long breaks. And it really sucks, you know. I'm not gonna like pretend it doesn't. Like I do get sad about it. It's the same with anything in life, you know, following our passions, following our ambitions. Maybe we're going to have to take breaks. Maybe we'll do something a bit too much and have to rein it in and realize, okay, I need to find a way to mold this around me a little bit more. But it's so worth doing it. Like we are whole beings. We are not Mm -hmm. just 
the manifestation of our chronic illness or whatever's going right. on there. Yeah, we're so worthy. And I just, I always think of like children, like having a child and and just looking at kids and just like, who, who, when, when do they learn that they're not worthy of certain things? When do they learn that they need to fit into a box? And just thinking of myself as a child, I've done a lot of like inner child stuff. Yeah. And it, that for me is just like, of course I'm worthy. Of course I'm worthy. And I do ultimately believe that the world is a better place when people do the things that fulfill them in life. And that is different from person to person. But everyone who's living a fulfilled life is going to be a certain way with everyone else in the world, right? I believe it makes the world a better place. So everyone is worthy of that and it benefits everyone. Yeah. And I love that as a, I mean, as an additional thing to connect to in terms of, because I do feel like it should be for us first, you know, rather than the idea of I'm doing this because it's going to make the world a better place. Right. Um, And it was interesting that I mean, I just want to talk about so many things that you've just said. <laughs> um, but this idea of like, when does judgment come in? Because I was talking with my partner yesterday and we were talking about kind of the conversation around um, body appearance, the way a person looks and how um, so often the judgment that's passed on that comes from this like place of control and people wanting to control something. And we couldn't actually quite put our fingers on it. But again, it's going back to the kind of judgment piece that you said earlier about not wanting to share, you know, because I wonder if people, if that comes in, yes, with the doing of the thing that they really want to do, but even the like desire, that that feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, I have this desire, what are people going to think about me if I say that? And I can really relate to that when I was, you know, really um, struggling with my chronic illness, like I felt like a fool for saying like yeah. oh I really want to do this thing in life because I thought people would think oh but like hold your horses here <laughs> you know don't run before you can walk and and for me like I had to that that was the really re- like big self-love piece and the acceptance piece and also just knowing that the people that loved me and the people that mattered in my life, like wouldn't think those things, you know, if, cause if I, if someone said that to me, you know, I'd be, and it, the roles were reversed, you know, I'd be like, bloody yeah, like go for it. And, and what you said earlier about your running, you know, how you can sometimes do it, you know, really like consistently in terms of in a session, you can run for longer periods or sometimes you walk like that's okay. And I think, we yeah we get to translate that into our ambitions and like break them down into such small small steps and I also love what you said about sometimes you push your heart yourself more than you know you your body is like suited to that day and that's something I call conscious rebellion it's this idea that mm-hmm. like we, we just it's that spark of like aliveness we need to feel sometimes yeah. and that spark of like adrenaline almost and it's like oh I just need to feel that I I can and and I know that I can, and actually I'm prepared for whatever's going to come, if anything at all, after that, because I've chosen to do that and that's okay. Yes, we have choice. We have free, like, people might judge us, but we have choice. It's our yeah. body and our life. One other thing that came to my mind was this idea of making mistakes. Like, are we bad if we accidentally push ourselves too hard and we do something that triggers a flare up or something? Does that yeah. make us bad? Or does it mean that we're learning about something really complicated? Yeah. 
and totally. we'll learn some we'll take something away from that we might do something differently as a result maybe we won't but it's but making mistakes is part of all kinds of life but right. sometimes it does feel like the microscope is on, on really strongly with the when, when you've got something going on like a you know chronic illness yeah I, I totally see that and and this comes back to this idea of like blame and I think so much of the way that the kind of chronic illness um, story has been created stems from diet culture and this idea that you know oh it's your fault you're you know whatever and and oh you you know I mean that awful message that was peddled for so long it's because you don't it's because you eat too much and don't exercise enough it's your fault you know and and so Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah, that idea gets translated into living with a chronic illness well it's your fault you're flaring because you did that thing you pushed and you knew you shouldn't have done and it's like that's I mean some some people may think that if they do like crack on but it's not like you know that and well you get to know that I think you get to like know that yeah you're exploring something so complicated and it's really cool that you are exploring that and like you're curious about what your body is like how your body responds these days you know um yeah so I think it's a real positive <laughs> but it just it's making me think all kinds of political stuff like I feel like I could go on a massive rant about this it is yeah like it's, it's everyone's fault and it's all on the individual and like the society want to care for the chronically ill that's where my brain is going for the with this conversation right now. yeah thing yeah I mean it's it's such a big topic and I have to like I mean it is something that's I think really important to talk about and then on the other hand, I think it it can get us caught up in um, a certain place. Yeah. And like this conversation 
is interestingly all about the peripheral of that place you know it's all about like that expansion and and yeah no I think that's actually a really important point to raise you know we can get really stuck in this kind of um feeling that there's so much you know unjust stuff going on with the way we feel about our bodies and and that is probably that is true right let's Mm -hmm. like it is true but also it gets to be a tiny part of the story yeah yeah um and yeah I think that's kind of where my 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 passion lies my kind of my area of of genius lies is in that kind of what gets to happen after that um exactly yeah and on that like I think we have touched about this a bit touched on this a bit but you know what does for you what does ambition holding ambition do for like your soul and how and how does it feed us and I suppose I'd like to talk more about how it can be a part of the healing journey not just because it's a thing that can help us but like yeah how how in all areas of life I mean I used to be so like going back to like how I identified as shy and stuff I used to just be so identified with the struggles of that so identified with what I how I was wrong and really like I said earlier not even going there in my mind with what I really wanted and I'm so thankful for all the work that I've done like don't get me wrong I do get angry sometimes I do get angry about certain things in the world that made me feel a certain way and I wish that I had done things differently sometimes but I see it all as like and I just recorded a podcast episode about this myself, but like I see all of the struggles. So I'm like Mm -hmm. putting it in quotation marks as like such a gift to me. Like I see Uh it as such a gift to me ultimately. And I, and it's really difficult to talk about that because I don't want to bypass people's struggles. And I know that, that, that we can go, we can swing too far both ways, you know, Mm -hmm. like toxic positivity is a thing as well, but I see it as such a gift. And I think having gone through that stuff, I say gone through, going through as well, just like how many times have I surprised myself at what I've been capable of? How many times have I found something really hard and then learned something really magical from it or done something really magical as as a result? And I think what the word ambition means to me now is just like, I don't even know what's possible. I don't even know what's possible. It's just like the best feeling and I think the one thing that I would always add to this because it's really easy to 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 swing too far into the ambitious and not be satisfied with where you are now so I think this is the dance yeah to like be happy and grateful and recognize where you are now and to know that you're always growing this is my version of ambition by the way Mm -hmm. obviously but to know that I'm always growing is really important to me, but it has to come with not constantly striving and not feeling not good enough all the time. So cultivating like I am good enough now and I am good enough in the future and I'm good. I was good enough to pass. It's all good mm. enough or well, more than good enough. It's all amazing. It's all worthy and brilliant. Um, I think that is what it means to me. So, cu- so 
So having both, like I know I'm always growing and I know amazing things can happen and I don't even know what can happen. Like I literally don't even know. And that's great. And it's all about following what fulfills me and being content, grounded and fulfilled and appreciative now, appreciating who I am right now. So I don't know if that actually answered your question, but I feel like yeah, it's, I, it's really present for me, this this kind of way of looking at it. Absolutely. And that really played into, um, I was thinking back to, as you were talking, it made me think about kind of when I was really struggling with my chronic illness, like actually all my ambition was like, I still had that as I talk about, but like it was all being used up on this, on this like goal of, becoming healed Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that really didn't allow me to appreciate where I was in that moment and kind of um I was recording another podcast yesterday but and and we were talking about kind of looking for the being showing gratitude for the things that we can show gratitude for you know and it's not that kind of like false gratitude which I think has become a thing a bit um it's you know actually like really being able to connect with that feeling of gratitude um and appreciating where you are right now and knowing that you're worth more than this goal of being healed like and that's quote unquote you know because I healing is a journey right um knowing that that's not going to actually change who you are as a person and it doesn't need to like you are enough as you are already and i just i just love to think about like if all the energy and all the ambition and all the desire that is channeled into this idea of being healed gets to be used elsewhere like what amazing incredible things can you experience in your life i love that and i relate to this journey of like looking to be healed so much even before experiencing my own chronic illness from my own self-confidence stuff yeah like I felt the same yeah yeah grasping grasping (laughs) and and this idea that we you know that happiness is on the other side of something or or fulfillment is on the other side of something Mm -hmm. um and I yeah so this dance between knowing yeah not always kind of looking to the future and knowing that how how do you dance that you know knowing that appreciating like the now and also appreciating or or getting excited about the future like I'm just yeah it's something that do you is it something you dip in and out of like oh I'm gonna think about about the future today and then I'm gonna become present today or is it something that exists all at once I think there's two sides to it because I think with just out of from experience and from doing a lot of deep work, mm-hmm. deep healing work in terms of um, mental kind of emotional healing, I should say. Yeah. Um, I just now have a knowing that the, jur- the journey is it. Like it is the journey. There is no destination. Yeah. I just have this knowing that that is my truth and in a good way. Like not in a like, oh my God, I'm never going to get there. But like, I'm, I'm, I'm in it now. Like, let's enjoy it as best I can. But yes, there are times that I have to literally remind myself to pause, pausing and actually, yeah, giving ourselves more space is probably Mm -hmm. really, really important with this. So yes, there are practical things I do to bring myself back to the now. Like literally last week, I was just 
writing down in my journal like everything I'm proud of doing from this year and Mm. it's so simple but it's it's a really it's so simple that we might even ignore it but it's really powerful like pausing and reflecting in that way and I think learning to be with yourself in your body um really really powerful as well Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I love the thing you do with your photos as well like you how you look back on um everything all the all the things the moments that have happened throughout the year and it's such a yeah I think that really although you're looking into the past I think it really does plant you in kind of the realization that it's been happening all this time like whatever it is and you know a year or however long has gone past and things have happened and you have grown and that's all stuff to be like really like thankful for and excited about actually because I think it like paints a picture for like what what's to come as well yeah yeah and actually noticing how we've grown is really the ways in which we grow and change are so subtle that we often don't notice so like an example that came up for me was just like so I've always had a thing about people following me in my business, like people from real life following me, like it makes me feel self-conscious, you know, yeah. like, oh, they know me in a different way and I don't want them to follow me. And I will often tell my friends, like, I've blocked you on my Instagram and they get it like because <laughs> it's my business. And anyway, I just saw someone past acquaintance, past relationship following me. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't notice this. You know, yeah. my, my normal self is to be. And I was like, you know, what? I don't care. Like, it's fine. And for a moment, I just acknowledged myself. And I was like, you know, that's a change. And isn't this a lovely place to be in my journey? And mm. I just acknowledged that. But but it's so subtle because you don't notice. You don't notice when it's just an everyday thing. Like, oh, I feel okay. You just move on. But actually, I was like, I feel okay. And I noticed that I feel okay. So just like. It's, it is a practice and just a pause. A pause, I think, is a really powerful way of yeah being present with whatever gr- gratitude you have for your current way of being. That really made me think about this idea of being seen and like going back to that judgment piece, like having ambitions is a really, I, you mentioned the word at the beginning of the podcast, like audacious, right? Mm-hmm. And it means that we are, I think, I think it does, um, make us more visible and how that relates to living with chronic illness a lot of the time can make you want to feel invisible um yeah I hadn't really thought about about that before just this idea of like visibility and and claim you know another word we've used is like claiming that for yourself and um yeah it just is a step in being okay with being visible to whoever Mm-hmm. yeah in in the name of whatever it is that's right for you and in, in your heart if that requires yeah being seen to be a certain way or be doing a certain thing it's it, yeah. it's uncomfortable but it's like it's in the name of what is right for you it is and it's just and it's not even I, I think it's not even like it's not even the physical act of being seen it's the kind of knowing that you might be seen for something or just um, staking your place in this world again. It's kind of like this idea that actually, no, I'm stepping into kind of this realm again. I may have been like hiding for a while or 
I felt like I needed to hide or, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to be invisible. And that was something that I felt for so long, you know, I really, and I did so many subtle things to like be invisible and, and it's like this blooming of yourself when you, when you do connect to that feeling of ambition and you do connect to that buzz or that fizz or, you know, that feeling of desire it it does like change the way you see yourself as well. I think mm. what what it just made me think was that it's vulnerable to like open mm-hmm. your heart and to yeah just live your life with your heart open. Like it's vulnerable. It made me think of I don't know why, but the image that came to mind was like singing. So I've been doing singing lessons, and I tell you, I'm not good <laughs> at being emotional with the singing because it's so vulnerable, right? Like you can sing something and you can really sing it and yeah. it's just like connecting with the feeling of it and allowing yourself to be seen to connect with it it just made me think of that it's something about just like opening your heart and being true and it's like I think the reason why that's so vulnerable is because what if it's rejected or what if it doesn't work out what if I'm seen to fail whatever there's there's a lot of there's a lot of risk associated with it and sometimes it's safer not to see it in ourselves not to let other people see it whatever that looks like like practically speaking or metaphorically speaking but yeah yeah vulnerable and it's that channel of expression isn't it a bit because mm-hmm. um I was laughing as you're saying that because I um sing in uh, a choir like a rock choir they call it and um I mean it's I'm sure loads of people listening will be doing that too because it's it's uh, nationwide but like honestly I can't sing some songs without <laughs> They like choke up and I'm like oh god I'm oh, crying again you I know and that. it's just <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's just this like this channel of expression and how that how that can really um relate to our ambition it, you know it is that channel of express of something you feel inside isn't it mm-hmm. and and then ma- uh manifesting in the kind of uh, like practical sense of the word that into and also the spiritual sense of the word, I suppose, into like a reality and, and like we deserve to be seen. And I think it's, it's, it, it, I think it's one of like chronic illness's biggest shames is, is the, um, the invisibility, like mm-hmm. not of the chronic illness, because obviously that's a thing, but like, as in the idea that you want to be invisible, um, yeah and that really goes back to this idea of like worthiness and 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 wanting to expect allowing yourself to express what's inside and I thought that in itself is so healing because that's something that I mean that's the whole reason I started choir was because I felt so much was blocked in my kind of Mm. throat area and it's literally just letting it out and it's such a uh yeah a healing experience yeah, and it chips away at you, doesn't it? Just not being seen. I mean, we all know what it feels like to be with someone who just makes you feel so seen. Like yes. we know what that's like. And we all know what it's like to feel invisible as well. And it's, you know, we can all, it really chips away at you over time if that is the default mode, whether through any fault of your own or not. But yeah. So how do you think we expand our identity or self-concept when we are conditioned to feel invisible or by labels and and what and the meaning that society puts on us um as shy people as quiet people as people with chronic illness like 
how do we kind of start expanding that? So this is like a process of deconditioning. And what the word that you used earlier was like control as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that in many ways, what we identify what we identify with controls us in some degree i mean so for example if i identify as the shy person if i identify with being a shy person that means xyz then i'm not going to go for the things i wanted to go for like like i was in the past mm-hmm. and like labels can be so useful like absolutely really useful in um describing our experience or sharing common experiences with other people also being validated I mean I'm sure that we can all relate to that like Mm -hmm. you know I'm not going mad like this is a real thing that I'm feeling um so it's not about letting go of the labels but it's about changing what what you it's it's about potentially changing the labels you identify with and changing what you think that they mean because however we identify is going to affect how we act, who we communicate with, what we do, what we believe about ourselves. So the identity piece is really important. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, um, I think that that's the thing I did when I put that like word quiet on the front of ambitious, like it was changing the definition of it. And uh, okay, it doesn't feel quite right for me I'd, to identify as an ambitious person right mm-hmm. now. Although now in the present, as I'm saying this, I totally do. But in the past, okay, that was a stretch too far. So I identified as being a quietly ambitious person. And then you get to explore, okay, well, if I can identify as this, like, what does that mean for me? What do I believe? What do I now think is possible? What do I now do as a result? Everything trickles down from that layer of identity. So it's really getting clear on how we're identifying the first place, what we think that those labels mean. And is there a shift? Is there a, a, it might be that you're ready to make a big shift, but sometimes, you know, a subtle shift in the way that you identify. Like for me, that was having this bodily knowing of, of the word ambition speaking to me in some way, and then taking that phrase quietly ambitious with me and then Mm -hmm. letting that trickle down into everything I do. I love that. And I think like that really nicely um, links back to what we were saying at the beginning about like, is something a chronic illness? It's like totally what it means to you. And it's so useful as a label in communication. And in, I mean, if I find this even in my business, right, it's, I use it as a phrase because people know what it means. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and it's a great, you know, if someone has been told they've got a chronic illness, they are more likely to find my business, my work, because chronic illness right yeah but actually identifying with like that yeah it's just it's really useful and then you can do whatever you want with it after that exactly and I mean people love to put things into categories it's just like the way that humans are wired but I mean you could we're seeing it now with the whole like gender identity and how it's Mm -hmm. becoming so much more fluid and flexible and some people have a lot of problems with that but I mean I just think it's such a great thing like that what we think is the is the whole truth of something, what we think is a binary truth in the world is not. And I yeah. think that that's so important to remember. Like, don't get me wrong, like your mind can logically agree with something, but your, your like feelings and thoughts and subconscious does need to catch up and that, you know, it can take time. But it all starts with, you know, realizing that what we think is the truth is not the whole truth. So what we think it means to be someone with a chronic illness does not have to be what it means to be someone with a chronic illness. And you can totally use that label in an empowering way to support mm-hmm. you and you can expand 
what that might mean for your life and your ambitions and what you do and how you do it. I love that. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I'd love to finish by uh, a question that you have asked um, everyone listening is, so everyone listening, I'd love for you to think about this because I think it like really nicely um, is a nice way to kind of continue with this episode in your own brain. And it is, what is something that you have a nudge to do, but for some reason don't think it's for you? And then what might happen if you tried to do it anyway? So thank you for that question, Ruth. It's really it was a question that was very helpful for me in my own journey. And I just, I want to encourage you when reflecting on that question to listen to or feel when you get that zing in your body and don't shut it down, allow your mind to go there. Mm, yeah. I love it. Thank you so mm -hmm. much, Ruth. And thanks for your wisdom today. Um, is where can people find you? So my website is ruthpoundwhite.com. I have a book called Quietly Ambitious. Yes, you and do. And a podcast. <laughs> and a podcast <laughs> of the same name. And uh, yeah, I mostly hang out on Instagram at Ruth Poundwhite. And TikTok of recently. Of recent recently times. on TikTok. I'm loving it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're really free on there. I mean, I'm not on TikTok. I know this because from what you've told me. Yeah. But it's, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. Again, like stripping away what I think, you know, how I think I have to show up and all of this. And yeah, there's always new opportunities to like, to identify slightly differently and to expand, expand the way you do things and to challenge the, the way that you think things need to be done. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bringing on board the right kind of support can be the missing piece of the puzzle that so many of us don't realise we actually need. What would you do if you had the most epic support squad by your side? What would that unleash in you and what would it make possible for you in your life? If you're wondering how to start figuring that out, if you've got no idea where to start, I've got the perfect thing for you. My quiz, are you more Michelle, Gaga or Mindy? And what would their support squad unleash in you is now live. You can find the link to it in the show notes and in the bio. Don't wait another moment. Hop on over to the quiz to find out who you're channeling now.